Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Hey there, Seaver fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Well, how has everyone's week been? Mine's been all right. I was able to brave the zero degree temperatures earlier in the week. And also today we learned, according to the groundhog, that we have an early spring to look forward to. I mean, yes, I know, granted... Six more weeks of winter regardless, but I am ready. I think I can speak for just about everybody. I'm ready for spring. I've been ready for spring since the first snowfall in like November. So yeah, I'm really ready for it. All right. So the episode I decided to talk to uh, talk about today is from season one. It's season one, episode five entitled Super Dad. All one word. October 29th, 1985 is when this episode originally aired. Oh, also, you guys, if you want to watch along with the podcast, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can catch these episodes on Amazon Prime. So, uh, this episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 rating based on 50 ratings. This episode was directed by Nick Havinga, writers Neil Marlins, who was a creator, written by Tom Walla and Dave Wollert. Let's see here. Um, also, special guest star, Wonder Years alum, Olivia Diabo, who plays Wendy. There is trivia here. We get Ben is imitating Billy Idol while watching television. He is listening to the Rebel Yell while wearing a single black glove. I will keep an eyeball out for that. Here's a description for this episode. Working mother Maggie Seaver begins to feel edged out of her children's lives and excluded from family affairs by none other than husband Jason. Yeah, she's feeling a little neglected in her kids' lives. I mean, since she's out joining the workforce again, Jason is the one who's in the home working as a psychiatrist and able to oversee the children's problems and help them out. Now, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for jumping on board. If you'd like to follow along with the podcast, you can do so in a couple places at Facebook at Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. You can like it and follow along to get uh, updates on upcoming episodes. You can also go to Instagram at Growing Pains Podcast. 
or Growing Pains Pod. And follow along there. Um, as I've said before, I'm not doing every single episode of the show. I'm just picking and choosing choosing the ones I would like to cover. And then down the road, if there's some that I want to go back and cover, I'll do that. But, but there are a few in season one I still want to cover before I get to season two. I thought about, you know, jumping around and everything. I may still do that. Jumping from, like, season one to season three or five or what have you um actually i wanted to let you know that since it is february and valentine's day is a week from next thursday i am going to be jumping ahead to the valentine's day episode and that episode is from season five episode 18 entitled mike kate and julie mike turns out to turns to his ex-girlfriend, Julie, while out on a Valentine's Day date with Kate. Egad. But we still got a week and a half before that episode, so let's jump into Super Dad. Actually, I'm going to do this now because if I don't do it now, I'm going to completely forget, and I don't want to do that. As I've done with The Wonder Years, Punky Brewster, and so on and so forth, the other podcasts, I am starting up the trivia questions. That way you guys can answer them and I can give you guys a shout out on the podcast, which is what I'm doing here. So the trivia question for Season 1, Episode 5, Super Dad. Who is the boy that Carol wants to ask her out? A. Keith B. Kevin or C. Carl? Well, the correct answer is B. Kevin. And I'm giving a shout out to Growing Pains. <laughs> Excuse me. At official underscore GP underscore fan page. It was Kevin. Also, I have another shout out to give to. Let me get to the right page here. I got it on yeah. Let me find it. And another shout out on who also answered Kevin, which is the correct answer. Becca underscore runaway underscore Genthner, I believe. So thank you both to answering for answering the trivia question correctly. And that was your shout out. If you're uh listening to the podcast Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, also, if you guys want to email me, if you want to uh, talk about the podcast or the Growing Pains characters, you can, or even uh, a episode suggestion, if there's something I miss and you're like, I really would like you to cover this episode, email me at um, the Wonder Years, L-B-O-M, Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. I do not have separate emails for the Growing Pains Podcast or Mr. Belvedere. But anyway, just that's going to be my main email address for the other podcasts. So, all right, guys, let's jump into this episode. We come out of the intro and we hear Ben's scream from Out of the Frame. It's in the kitchen, and Jason is sitting at the island table, drinking coffee and f- reading the newspaper. And he immediately looks up as he hears his son's, 
his son's cry for help. that live off human toes are not peppy. Well, this is great. I mean, I'm trying to do a good deed for a neighbor who's out of town, and all you guys can do is complain. How come you only do good deeds for neighbors who walk like this? Ben, does the phrase, one good turn deserves another mean anything to you? Mike, does the phrase, get that dog out of here before I punt it through the greenhouse, mean anything to you? Yes, I'm not convinced that bark came from that dog. Mike is watching a black poodle mix. It's one of those mini poodles, not those standard poodles that are like as big as a Labrador. But anyway, Ben is running in and he jumps into Jason's lap to be av- to avoid getting his toes chewed off by this dog whose name we learn is Stuart. And Jason is not amused. As Mike, what is this dog doing here? And Mike is all like, oh, dad, um, there's nothing wrong with Stuart. He's absolutely fine. And, oh, yeah, yeah, Mike's like, oh, he's not rabid. Stuart's just peppy. As Mike sets the dog on the, the dog looks completely, I guess you could say semi-relaxed, but then I thought dogs that, like, excessively pant like that are nervous. Maybe it's the hot, bright lights of the set that the dog's on. And Mike is like, well, does the term one good turn deserves another or something like that? And Mike's doing this a favor for we haven't met the person yet. And Ben calls Mike out, like, well, why do you always do favors for people that walk like this? As Ben puts a hand on the back of his head and then one hand on his hip as he's sashaying walking forward. So basically, he, Mike, only does favors for young teenage girls, not regular adults. Hey, hey, can you watch my dog for me while I go on vacation or something? Jason's really not having it. It's like, Mike, get the dog out of my house or I'm punting it. I love how he says punting it through the greenhouse, which they have a little greenhouse that's connected just off of the kitchen there. (laughs) Punting it like a football, yes. Which if that dog's going to be aggressive, which so far we've only seen this dog try to nip on Ben's pant legs. The dog's going to be aggressive, Mike. You cannot have that dog in the house. I don't care if it's only going after one family member. That dog has got to have some... The owner's got to have some training with that dog, which we'll get more into that later when we meet the dog's owner and learn a little bit about the family and this dog's relationship, which is not good at all. So, Mike heads out of the kitchen. That's when Carol comes in the side door She's in a huff. She's angry. She's slamming her books down on the counter. She's slamming the fridge, slamming the cupboards. She's angry about something. And Jason immediately takes notice of this. Like, is there something wrong? Like, why are you slamming doors in my, and cupboards and whatnot in my house? 
So Jason is like, what's the matter, Carol? As Carol slams the door on the fridge. She's like, I can't find the peanut butter. I'm like, why the hell are you looking for it in the fucking refrigerator? I, is that where you put peanut butter? I don't put peanut butter in the fridge. Is it supposed to taste better if you put it in the fridge or keep longer? So Jason tries to get to, like, what's going on, Carol, and she kind of bypasses the question. She's like, oh, when's mom coming home? And Jason's like, well, she's coming at a regular time. And Carol's like, well, can I call her at work? And Jason's like, yeah, sure, if it's important. I mean, as... And sadly, Maggie is out of the currently out of the office, so she's not available to talk to Carol, who is going through something major. Teens tend to blow up things that can usually be easily solved, and to they turn them into big, ginormic drama sessions. So Carol just leaves a message for. Whoever secretary is taking uh, down notes, she says, can, if she's not there, um, can you please just have her call Carol when she gets back in? Thanks. And I gotta say, this isn't the worst outfit. I think if I can find a worse outfit and a great out, like in my eyes, what I think is good, um, I'll post it, but it might not be every single episode. If it's not like, this person wore you know, the the worst shirt or whatever, worst outfit on the episode. Or it could be this person was a big jerk or, or something to that effect. It just depends on what I want to do. But the sweater that Carol is wearing, it's kind of... I don't know if it would be considered a salmon color, but I like like the collar and the sleeve edging. It's like a dark blue stripe and then a white one right underneath it and then kind of a lighter blue underneath that and the color of the sweater because of course you know they put makeup on the kids to in you know enhance them and everything like that and carol if she's wearing lipstick and a little bit of blush that kind of goes with the color of her sweater it's just really really nice i mean i'm not huge on fashion and everything like that i mean i didn't take the time to really do anything to myself when getting ready for school in the morning so even the phone this phone is kind of a I know I wouldn't say it's a royal blue color but it is blue and it definitely looks nice against the stripes on her collar and sleeves Carol's got like she's wearing a f like a three rings on one hand and like maybe one or two on the other hand so Jason is trying to see what's going on with Carol. See if she will open up to him. And he's like, do you want to talk to me about it? And she's like, I don't know. And she, he's like, well, uh, you want me to leave you alone? And she's like, uh, I don't know. And Jason kind of goes, you know, he's trying to make her smile. Trying to make her laugh. He's like, do you want me to put raw vegetables in my ears and do something, you know, goofy with my face or something, and he's, he's trying to make her smile, and I like that he's trying a nice and easy approach to try to get her to open up, like, I know you normally talk to your mother, but I am here, and I am open to you talking to me about it, if that would help. I want to play this clip. He is, this is, I love this. You know, he's doing his best 
usually she goes to her mother. You know, it's a girl thing, most likely. But being Maggie's not there, and Jason just wants to help his daughter feel better. chance to get Kevin to notice me before the dance tomorrow night and Kevin's friend Mark was coming up to get a gummy and Melissa said she heard Mark said he said wait, wait, but who said Kevin said said what said said I look like a gummy bear well honey I'm sure he meant it in a nice way oh come off it, Dad. I mean the boy thinks I look like a bear just ugly. You do not look like a bear. <laughs> but if you walk around thinking that you look ugly, then you're going to end up looking like this. <laughs> Can you see yourself? <laughs> now, if you walk around knowing you're pretty, because you are, then you're going to feel better. You're going to look like this. What do you think? I think it's more important than Kevin thinks. Okay. But did you actually hear Kevin say that he thought you looked like a gummy bear? No, but Melissa said she heard he said it. Well, since when did you believe everything Melissa says she heard? Well, she does make you wonder sometimes. I mean, she swore she saw Mick Jagger at J.C. Penney's last week. <laughs> Well, they did have that big sale in home furnishings. Yeah. Come on, I just think that you should take your cues about what Kevin thinks from what Kevin says himself. Yeah, you're right. I need new ice skates. Did I miss something? Well, everybody's going to be at the skating rink tomorrow night, and I can... Skate by Kevin and see if he says anything to me. Tomorrow morning, you and I go down to Macy's and we buy you a brand new pair of skates. Who knows, maybe we'll even run into Tina Turner in small appliances. <laughs> Thanks, so, Jason kind of takes Carol by the shoulders, steers her over to the kitchen island, and kind of helps... Um, pop her up on the counter there so he can sit in the chair in front of her and they can kind of have a semi-eye level, level conversation. And Carol, we learn, is she's definitely an academic. She's definitely got her smarts. She also belongs to the German club that was having a gummy bear sale. And there's a particular boy named Kevin, not Kevin Arnold, um, that Carol is interested in. There's a dance coming up, and she's hoping that he will ask her. Well, while she was up there at the gummy bear sale, she overheard 
this girl named Melissa, whether the girl's her friend or not, I highly doubt. And uh, a guy whose name is Mark, who's a friend of Kevin, they were saying about how... Or Melissa said that Kevin said, you know that he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. That supposedly Kevin thinks that Carol looks like a gummy bear. But I honestly, I mean, with her hair, she's got her hair like a couple barrettes, like kind of pulling like the sides up a little bit. Because her hair, if you remember from the pilot, was not hugely short. But it doesn't touch her shoulders. But with combined with the pink salmon-colored sweater that she's wearing and her facial structure and her hair, I'm not saying she looks like a gummy bear, but she look it makes me think of a cute little teddy bear. Just just the the, the hair color, the face, it just it's cute. But anyway, um Jason makes Carol see reason. Like, um, can you really believe what this Melissa says? And Carol's like, well, she does make you kind of wonder because she swore last week at the mall she saw Mick Jagger at Macy's. And Jason's like, huh, well, maybe you need to just wait and hear what Kevin says from his own mouth and not listen to Gabby face Melissa who's just sounds like a gossip queen so Carol's feeling better you know her dad kind of helps set her mind straight she jumps off the hops off the uh, kitchen island she says I need new skates and he's like uh pardon me what and she's like well Kevin and a bunch of other kids are going to be at the skating rink tomorrow. And I thought maybe I could get a new pair of skates. Maybe go to the skating rink and skate near Kevin. Hear what he says. So, who knows? you never know. You never know. And don't just wait around and wait for the person to ask you or talk to you. Get that courage. Get that gumption. I mean, what's the worst that can happen is you ask them about the dance, they say no, you feel heartbroken and rejected, but at least you're not left wondering what if. Carol's a smart girl. She's a little bit on the low confidence side. When she's like, when Jason says, isn't it more important about what you think about yourself? And Carol's like, well, I think it's more important what Kevin thinks. Carol, no. It is not more important. A guy's opinion of you is not more important than your own what you feel about yourself. It's not. You need to remember that, okay? So, yeah, Jason Green's like, all right, we'll head down to Macy's tomorrow. We'll get you a brand new pair of skates. So, I have no idea how much skates cost back in the day. I mean, they're going to Macy's. It's per Macy's is expensive. So, I'm looking up on Dick's Sporting Goods website. So the average price for women's soft skate 180 recreational ice skates $69.99 and it's got four and a half stars. Uh, American Athletic Shoe Women's Tricot Line Figure Skates. I don't really know. The oh, this one! The the top one! Oh, I like that blue. Oh, I wonder what... Oh, that's pink. But that's pink. Oh, that's really pink. Wait, what's this one? Oh, that's white. I like the blue lined. Looks like fleece. No, oh, that looks like f that 
does look like fleece. Um, I want to learn how to ice skate myself. I, oh my gosh, I've been saying that for like the last six years. I, I want to learn how to ice skate. Whenever the Olympics would come out, I want to learn how to ice skate. I only did that once when I was like eight or nine years old and it was it wasn't even a real pond I don't think it was just some frozen over water in the scatter of trees it was me and my cousins and my aunt and I think my dad was there at the time and I kept falling on my ass I like well to be honest those skates were my older sister so I don't think they fit well I probably put on like three pairs of socks and it's did not go over well. So I think I'm going to call that plot B is Carol's self-confidence issues and wanting Kevin to ask her to the stands coming up. Plot A of course is going to be Mike and the dog and Ben and Wendy who we'll meet shortly. And I guess if you want to go with plot C I, I, I'm honestly going to call that plot C the whole thing with Maggie. Even though the episode kind of lists that on IMDb about Maggie's issues with her being, uh, you know, pushed out of her kids' lives because Jason's always there to, you know, help them with their questions and everything. So it's nighttime. Maggie comes in the door home from work. She's got her briefcase. She's looking for Carol because, of course, her secretary probably let her know, hey, your daughter called earlier. She said it was urgent. Can you please call her back? Maybe she did try, or maybe she couldn't get to the phone. So she's looking for Carol. Jason's office door is open, so he's probably coming out and like, honey, what what's going on? <laughs> oh, no, Jason is at his desk, and Maggie's calling for Carol, and Jason does this really weak impression of Carol. Like, I'm in here, Mom! <laughs> So, Maggie's looking for Carol, and Jason's like, oh, well, she's over. I think he says Lori's or Lauren. So, this is not Melissa, which is good, because Melissa's a know-it-all. And I'm get because I know Carol's friends that I think we might meet in season two. Yeah, season two, because Fast Times at Dewey High, when they um, started a new school year, Debbie and Shelly were there. And we haven't met, uh, officially met them yet until season two. So apparently Maggie's kind of late coming home because she had a last minute rewrite. And she said her fingers are still tingling from working the keys really fast. So Maggie kind of asks, like, what's going on with Carol? Uh, Jim, who's probably like the uh, intern or whoever who takes phone messages said that Carol sounded upset on the phone and Jason kind of fills her in about how this Kevin thought that she looked like a gummy bear or something and Maggie of course has no idea wait does she even know who Kevin is oh no she does know who he is because Carol's talked up this boy the end all be all chancellor of the German club he is the most greatest thing ever so, we've learned that Carol has had a crush on Kevin since the October Polka Fest dance thing. Like, oh, okay. So, what time of year is this? It's not Christmas yet. So, is this maybe November? Because we haven't gotten to the Christmas episode yet. So, Maggie's like, oh, Carol must sound 
feel so bad and I'll talk to her when she gets home and Jason's like oh you don't have to do that no I already took care of it and of course Maggie's like yes of course you did dear but she needs her mother Okay, so here's where we get Ben rocking out to the Billy Idol music video. And he does have a black glove finger. I think it's a fingerless black glove and on one hand. And then he's holding the remote in the other. And Ben's like doing the lip curl thing. Now, we hear something on the TV that sounds like it could be... There's no lyrics, of course, like that, but you get, like, an instrumental sound of Rebel Yell, and Ben is mouthing along to the more, more, more sound. The door opens! Mike has got a coat over himself, like he's trying to hide something, and he's kind of, like, peeking in the doorway there just making sure nobody is around. Ben is still wearing those tannish corduroy pants and a gray and white sweatshirt. My gosh, Mike, what do you- he's got this large coat that I don't even know that that's his coat because it drapes over his elbow all the way down and practically touches his toes. So Mike kind of asks, like, hey, where's mom and dad? Ben comes over. He's still got the remote in his hand and the black glove on his other as he's doing the uh, the fist pump dealy with the, the Billy Idol rebel yell. He's like, hey, Mike, what you hiding from him? And Mike's like, shut up. So Ben pulls back that gray trench coat. And discovers a white dog. Stuart was a black dog. A black poodle. And Ben's like, oh, not another one. Will it bite me? And Mike's all like, hey, no, don't you recognize your old pal Stuart? And Ben's like, I'm not a damned idiot, Mike. Stuart was a black dog. This is white. And Ben even brings up a great case. Like, even one of your girlfriends is gonna know... When she leaves a black dog with you, she gets a black dog back. Nice try. I'm going to play this clip because Ben is wise to what Mike is doing. I think this whole family, of course, Earl is already... Mike's been pulling pranks and stuff probably since he was in diapers. So, yeah. Hey, Mike, what's hiding from him? <laughs> Good riddance. Goodbye, Stuart. <laughs> that dog needs to uh, get some training. And Ben's like, Wendy is going to kill you, Mike. And Mike's like, don't worry about it. I will take care of her. Don't say anything that I have this dog in the house. 
And Maggie comes down the stairs as Mike heads up. He's got the trench coat over the dog. And Ben is like, what dog? <laughs> and Maggie's like, who said anything about a dog? Okay. Um, that's when Carol comes in the door. She's like, hey, mom. And Carol, like, just walks past her mom as Maggie's like, hey, how are you, honey? Carol pulls the remote out of her hand, like, oh, it's time for this show called The Wacky Sturgeons, which I kept kind of thinking about that, and, like, it almost makes it sound like a sitcom, almost similar to, what, like, The Three Stooges, maybe? The Sturgeons of Pitt Street? Okay. I don't know what that is. I thought, like, a sturgeon was, like, a fish. A giant fish. And Maggie's trying to talk to Carol. Like, you know, she wants to talk to her mom. Carol is so immersed in the show. She's like, I don't really want to talk. I want to watch my show. They're like, yeah, do not talk to me if I'm watching This Is Us, okay? I have to absorb myself into everything that's going on. Currently, that is the only show that's airing right now that I'm actually interested in. You know, with doing all these podcasts. I'm watching a lot of other stuff, so I really don't have a lot, a lot of time for actual. And as far as, you know, I gave up The Walking Dead quite a while ago. I lost interest in that. Um, I think I made it through season, all of season five, and then I just kind of like threw in the towel. Like, okay, I'm done. But I will peek in like on IMDb just to see what's going on with the show and everything like that. But, mmm... I'm over it. I do, however, want to get into Riverdale because I do have the first season, even though I do have Netflix. So I might try to get into that and maybe even Sabrina. My coworker and I were actually talking about these shared universes because doesn't Richie Rich also kind of share a similar, or I think it's made by the same company that made Sabrina and um, Archie and the and Jughead and stuff like that, and Casper, I thought, I was telling my coworker, I'm like, wouldn't it be kind of cool if they did, like, a dark version of either, like, Richie, or Casper, oh, wow, or even, like, a dark version of, like, Scooby-Doo, I think that would be cool. So, Carol, <laughs> Maggie finally has to shut the TV off to get her attention, like, you must be upset by what Kevin said, and, and Carol's like, no, I talked through all of this with Dad. I'm kind of over it by now. Can we... I want to watch my show. I don't really want to rehash this again. And Maggie just will not let go. So it's this one instance because Jason gave their daughter advice and Carol normally goes to her mother for that kind of thing. Now Maggie's feeling a little hurt. Like, oh, my daughter doesn't need me. <laughs> my husband's trying to shut me out of my kids' lives. He's not doing that at all. And Carol even says how, you know, I didn't think I'd like it, you going back to work, but it's kind of neat having Dad around all the time. And that's when Jason comes in and... Well, Maggie and Kit was sitting right next to Carol, but of course, Jason's, like, squeezing himself in there, like, hey, Maggie, can you, like, uh, move down there to the end of the couch? Yeah, Maggie's feeling a bit jealous. I th would you call it jealousy? Maybe? Because she's got two boys that clearly she can't really 
have a real bond with because, you know, they're boys. And, you know, she's got her one daughter, you know, right now. She doesn't have Chrissy yet. But, um, yeah, she just, like, oh, my daughter used to tell me everything, and now she's not. Okay, here we go. Here's Olivia Diabo, her appearance. She's a pretty girl. She's a little, um, she's not Karen Arnold, I will tell you that right now. And here we go with this clip. Hi, Wendy. Come on in. How you doing? Fine. How was your vacation? Oh, it was great. First we went to Europe, and then we went to France. Yes. Well, you must have quite a travel agent. <laughs> Mike, Wendy's here. I hope Stuart wasn't too much trouble for you. Stuart? No, no. No, no. Once we started feeding him the neighbor's children, we hardly knew he was here. Hey, Wendy. Hi, Mike. Hi, Stewie Pooley. Wow, just look how glad he is to see you, Wendy. <laughs> that does look like Stuart, doesn't it? Same color and everything. Uh, yes. Well, Wendy, why don't I take you to Stuart home? Come on, Stuart. Come on. Yeah, that's it. Good dog. Yeah. Just look at him, Wendy. I mean, he was so excited about you coming home last night that he didn't sleep a wink. And now, of course, he's exhausted. Oh. Ben? Yetta? What did Mike do to Stuart? Truth, Dad. Yeah, Ben. Mike didn't do anything to Stuart, Mike. So, Wendy comes in and Jason kind of asks, like, hey, how was your vacation? She's like, oh, it was great. First we went to Europe, then we went to France. And even Ben, kind of, who's sitting in the seat next to Jason, he's looking at a comic, kind of side-eyed or side-eyes her a little bit, like, what? <laughs> and Jason makes a joke about how, wow, you must have one heck of a travel agent. So when he asks, like, was Stuart any trouble? And I love Jason, how he's like, oh, no, no, no trouble. Once we started feeding him the neighbor's children, well... He was all good to go. <laughs> and Wendy doesn't even blink an eye at that. And Jason calls for Mike. Like, Mike, can you bring in Stuart? And Maggie... Maggie, excuse me. Mike brings in the dog. And the dog... Clearly, he spray-painted this dog completely black. Which I'm surprised that dog isn't having... Uh, issues from licking, trying to lick that off. And so Mike, the dog, he just puts the dog on the floor. The dog immediately is like, I'm taking a nap. Good night. And Ben, of course, has to open his big damn mouth. Like, wow, Mike, that really looks like Stuart. Same color and everything. And Wendy just kind of looks at him like, what? Huh? And even Jason's ears are kind of perked as he's looking down at Stuart. He's always seen Stuart as being this aggressive dog that typically would be trying to bite off Ben's feet. And the fact that Ben said, hey, that does look like Stuart, the same color and everything. Jason's like, okay, what? Mm, something happened here. <laughs> so... 
Mike kind of plays it off like, oh, Wendy, Stuart was just so happy to see you. He couldn't even sleep a wink, and now, well, he's passed out on the floor. So, Mike, like, hey, I'm going to walk Wendy home with Stuart, and they take off, and Ben sits back down with his comic, and Jason kind of is like, all right, Ben, level with me. What did Mike do to Stuart? And Ben's like, oh, um, well, Mike didn't do anything to Stuart. Oh, no, before he, he's like, oh, you want the truth, Dad? And Jason's like, yeah, Ben, tell me the truth. And that's when Ben's like, oh, well, Mike didn't do anything to Stuart. Yeah, right. This dog is still laying on the floor as Mike's like, come on, Stuart, come on. And the dog is just, like, laying there almost comatose. So Mike finally picks the dog up off the floor, and he's like, oh, what? What did they give that dog? Also, I'm looking at... This is a lot of pastries on one plate. They look like, um, donuts with a type of... Whether it's chocolate or a blueberry filling. So Maggie comes in. She's ready to go. She asks where Carol is, and Jason's like, "Well, I don't know. Are we going on vacation? What's going on?" Because I noticed that Maggie's got her beeper with her. So Maggie's got a whole day planned for Carol. She wants to take her into the city, see some art galleries, and what'd she say? Tavern on the Green. What is that? I'm gonna look that up. Alright, so I pulled it up on Wikipedia. Tavern on the Green is an American cuisine restaurant located in Central Park in Manhattan, New York City. Near the intersection of Central Park West at West 66th Street and the Upper West Side, restaurant has been open under blah 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 since 2014. It's grand opening 1934 to its closure in 2009. Uh, Iconic Restaurant changed ownership several times from 2010 until 2012. Reopened to the public on April 24th, uh, 2014. Oh, that's kind of pretty. Oh, this picture is from 2008. Eh, Well, whatever. So Maggie's going to take Carol there for lunch. And then lastly, she wants to take Carol to the Bronx Zoo because Carol's been wanting to see the albino hyena unloaded from the... Detroit Zoo, which I guess the Bronx Zoo is getting on loan temporarily. Oh, she's looking in the phone. You don't see the phone book anymore, do you? No. Those are just about obsolete. Whenever they drop a new phone book off on our uh, doorstep, it's like, well, this is going in the trash. What the hell do we need it for? So, Jason actually, you know, he asked Maggie, like, does Carol know anything about this? And Maggie's like, no, why? She's got a concerned look on her face. Why does she... Because I've, you know, forgot for... Like, wait a minute. I thought they already did it. But no, today was going to be the day that he was going to take Carol shopping to get ice skates. (laughs) And the way Maggie smiles at Jason, like, oh, yes. You and her and your little Chad and your little bonding session. It's like, Maggie is... I'd say she's a little irritated mixed with hurt. <laughs> so I think this whole day that she had planned for Carol was, uh, that was a surprise to, like, kind of get back. She doesn't really have to get back into her good graces or anything, but she just wants to reestablish the mother-daughter bond by 
just hanging out together because you know she feels definitely she feels like she's being edged out of her daughter's life by Jason and Carol's father-daughter time well he, he mentions how Kevin and the other kids are going skating and that's why Carol wanted to get a new pair of skates oh that dance I guess is apparently that night later that night oh, okay <laughs> So, and Maggie is feeling kind of hurt as Jason's like, oh, well, you, well, she's like, well, oh, no, that's your guys' thing. And the way that she's saying it is just, she's just ugh, ir ir irritated. And Jason even goes so far as to say, do you want to come with us? And she's like, oh, no, I'd just be in the way. And I, I, I feel for Maggie a little bit, a little bit, but she is starting to kind of get a smidge on my nerves. There's enough of your daughter for both of you two to have time together. And if that hyena is on loan from the Detroit Zoo, I'm sure it'll be there next weekend. As well, if there's a dance that she wants to go to and she wants to go skating and everything like that, she's not going to want to do all this stuff today. That's a pretty loaded day. And then to try to go to the dance on top, that is a long day. I'm going to play this clip as Maggie's like, oh, I'll just stay home and clean the house, do laundry, clean some toilets. As Jason's kind of like, is something bothering you? It's like, clearly there's something wrong here because you're getting very hostile. No, no, I can have fun here. Really? <laughs> I'll just uh, do the laundry, maybe clean a few toilets. Does it bother you that Carol and I have plans together? No, no. I think it's great. I mean, sure, she didn't have time to talk to me last night, and she doesn't have time to be with me today, but I love seeing the two of you together. You're her father. She's your daughter. Your father and daughter, you should do things together. Father and daughter things. I'm very happy for you. Maggie. What? You know, when Carol came home from school yesterday all upset, she really wanted to talk to you. Mm. Oh, yes. It was like pulling teeth to get her to open up to old dad. Yeah. She still needs her mother, you know. Sometimes I don't feel like it. Oh, she does. And you still wear the girdle in the vent. Very nice. <laughs> So you're saying that I'm overreacting a bit? No, no, I'm saying you're overreacting a lot. <laughs> so Jason's like, does it bother you that Carol wants to spend time with me? And Maggie's being hostile. She's she's cutting up this apple with a large, <clears throat> a large butcher knife, and. Jason kind of comes to the fact, it's like, you know, when she came in here yesterday looking for you, she wanted to talk to you. You weren't here. And it, it was like literally pulling teeth to get her to open up to me. And Maggie kind of realizes, like, I guess I am kind of being a little irrational. And Jason's like, yeah, you are overreacting quite a bit. And I'm just like, Maggie... This is one time. Carol will come to you for things later on. Things she doesn't want to talk to her father about. Just let Jason have this moment, you know? You've been in the house for 15 years. Carol's always been there. You've always been there for her to talk to. 
let Jason have this chance to be able to reestablish a bond with his kids. Especially, I mean, yes, a mother-daughter relationship is very special and everything, but also so are father-daughter relationships a bit, too. I mean, I noticed Maggie's blue jacket has a couple, like, I don't know if they're, like, wings you get from, like, you used to get, like, the airport wings or something like that, because she's got a couple sets on her, um, on the side of her, her jacket there. So, now, in the next scene, Mike is, like, oh, Dad, it's just a phase that Stuart's going through. I mean, people change, dogs change. Because Jason is trying to get to the bottom of, he knows Mike did something to this dog. And Mike says something, like, did you ever read passages? What is that? I don't know what that is. And the fact that Mike even says anything about reading, he's not the reading type. That's a Carol thing. So the doorbell rings, and it's Wendy with poor Stuart that is dripping black spray paint all over her. This is so sad. Wendy, qué pasa? How's it going? Mike, this isn't Stuart. Wendy, Wendy. Who would this be if it's not Stuart? I don't know, Mike, but this dog changes colors when he gets wet. Stuart would never do that. You know, there's an article about this in the paper. They're saying pets are changing colors left and right now. It's that acid rain. Mike, uh, look. Uh, there's a schnauzer in Cincinnati that turned purple. Mike. They say it's perfectly normal. I have the article upstairs, and I'll go get it. Mike, stop. Sit. <laughs> now, what did you do to Stuart? I lost him. I looked everywhere, but I couldn't find him. <laughs> Wendy, I would have told you the truth, but... Then I asked myself, what is truth? <laughs> is it honesty or is it pain and grieving? Or is it the smile on a beautiful girl's face? <laughs> I guess you know what I think the truth is. You took a white dog and you dyed him black. Hey, when somebody leaves a black dog with Mike Seaver, they get a black dog back. <laughs> Look, Wendy, I'm really sorry about all of this. I know how much you must have loved Stuart. Are you kidding? Who could love Stuart? What? My family went on vacation to get away from Stuart. But I love this dog. He's so sweet. I think I'll name him Mikey. No. Take that. Mikey Boo. of your life.
I mean, I doubt he went to an animal shelter and say, hey, that one looks like Stuart, only white. I will take that dog. He probably went to a park, saw the dog that probably belonged to someone, took off its collar, and then brought it home. I mean, dogs don't just wander around without collar. Well, some probably do, but that's because the collar probably fell off. But anyway, Wendy is literally shell-shocked. As she holds a wet sopping dog that is white and has black spray paint. That th- This dog is dripping all over her shirt, which I noticed her face just above her chest has bits of, you know, black wetness from that spray paint that Mike must have used. And right away, when Mike lets her in, she's like, Mike, this, uh, this isn't Stuart. And Mike's like, well, what do you mean this isn't Stuart? And she's like, well, Stuart never changed colors before. And then Mike goes on to say something about, like, oh, um, it must be that acid rain. You know, dogs are changing colors all over. There's a dog in France that turned purple. And Mike's like, oh, I got the article open. He goes, like, to, like, get out of the situation and run up to his room. Luckily, Jason, who's watching all of this... Points at Mike says, Mike, get back here, sit down, and explain what happened here. So, Mike's like, I looked everywhere for Stuart. I I lost him. And I wanted to be, you know, I didn't want you to be upset, so I found another dog and spray paint. And, uh, turns out, you know, Wendy says the family went on on vacation to get away from their dog? This is a question that I have. This dog either doesn't like small children or just doesn't like Ben. Because that dog was, like, literally nipping at his ankles. Um, I don't know the personality of a toy poodle, but I know maybe a little bit from what I've garnered from, you know, reading on different dog breeds. Aren't poo- toy, especially toy poodles, they're kind of, are they kind of like maybe either possessive or maybe they're just semi-crotchety? Like they only like have one person that they're particularly bonded with and they're not a big fan of like kids. But anyway... What happened to this dog that these fam- this family goes on vacation to get away from this dog? Something either happened to the dog where it probably needs training or they need to rehome this dog because something is going on. If you go on vacation to get away from your dog and you need a break from it, like, oh, this dog is so terrible, then, like I said, get it training or if you have to, if you go through training, the dog's still not getting better, then rehome it to somebody else who could use a dog like that. So Wendy's like, oh, I like this dog. He's so sweet, unlike Stuart. And then she's like, I'm going to name it Mikey. And she looks at Mike. No, Mikey Poo. Aww. And Mike looks at his dad with this big grin on his face like, You hear that, Dad? She's gonna name it Mikey Poo. Like, oh boy. And Jason's like, Ugh. And I love how Mike says, Hey, when you leave a black dog with Mike Seaver, you get a black dog back. 
Esher Mike, whatever you say. <laughs> oh, my boy. Oh, Mike. You rapscallion, you. So, I think that Mike walks her home. No, I'm sorry. No, he he's heading up the stairs as Maggie's coming down with the laundry. Gotcha. Oh, I love <laughs> Jason is like, Mike, you're grounded for life. And Ben's like, or Mike's like, Dad, and I love how Jason points a finger in Mike's face. And a month after that, like, you want to try me for longer? And Mike just goes upstairs. So... Maggie, I'm guessing, has no idea about this dog, Stuart, being around their house. Because she's like, what's going on? Carol comes in the door. She is angry. She, her fate, it's clearly been raining outside, I'm guessing. But she's been skating. You know, you probably sweat a bit when you're burning energy and everything. I don't like her look here. <laughs> I don't like this yellow and black plaid looking scarf around her neck with this white sh sweater. It's just not good. Okay, I'm also not digging her pink turtleneck turtleneck underneath either. It's just, just So Carol comes in, like I said, slamming the door. She's like, I can't believe it! And she's got her skates also laced one over the back of her shirt and the front. She's angry and Maggie's like, honey, what's wrong? Carol immediately goes to her dad, of course, because her dad knows what's going on. Again, with the, Melissa said that Melissa said this and I'm thinking, Carol, didn't Jason kind of cover with you about the fact that you shouldn't be listening to what this girl tells you? Why aren't you doing that? You're getting all worked up over something that some stupid girl says, which she could be using that just to mess with your head. Or she probably has a thing for this Kevin guy and is saying this just to embarrass you and make you feel bad. This girl is not a friend. What? Honey, what's wrong? <laughs> You're not going to believe what Melissa told me. What? <laughs> Melissa told me that Mark told Kevin that I sweat a lot. Well, sweetheart, didn't we decide yesterday that Melissa's really not that reliable a source? Yeah, but I mean, everything's different now, Dad. I mean, the whole thing is blown wide open. You see, Melissa said that hey, wait, she... You know, this, this would be a good one to run by the old pro here. <laughs> talked to Mark and he said he never even said that or the gummy bear thing either. Mark is Mark. Kathy tells me that she was right there when Mark told Kevin that I do sweat a lot. Mark is what happened yesterday. Mom, this has nothing to do with what happened yesterday. The point is I don't know whether I trust Melissa or Mark because Kathy said. Wait, 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 sweetheart. Now you said that Kathy also had a thing for Kevin. Yeah, so? Well, that doesn't make Kathy a very reliable source either. Hmm? Oh, God, Dad, you know what this means? This means everybody's in on it. Hey, Maggie, wait. Dad, it's just not fair. Honey, look, if Kevin is really worth caring for, then he's going to make up his own mind. Hmm? Yeah, well, I guess he already has. 
they didn't ask me to the dance. Okay, so now there's more than one player in this little game here of manipulation. Not just Melissa saying stuff, but this girl Kathy, who Jason's like, well, doesn't Kathy supposedly have a thing for Kevin as well? And I guess the rumor going around is that Carol sweats a lot. What in the world? It's just drama central with these kids. Oh my gosh. I mean, even in the German club, you can't get away from any of that crap. But Jason kind of is like, hey, this is a great opportunity. Sit down, talk to your mother about this. And uh, Carol starts you, but then she's sitting forward looking at Jason and speaking directly to him, completely ignoring Maggie. Like, who's Mark? Who's Melissa? If you just tell me what happened yesterday. And Carol does not, like, want to rehash. Like, this has nothing to do with that anymore. And she wants to talk to her father because he knows the whole situation. And he gave her advice. And Maggie can see right away. It's like, Carol doesn't even want to talk to me about any of this. And... She just keeps going straight to her father. So Maggie's going to let off some steam now. as She's in the kitchen slamming drawers constantly. Just banging out her frustrations. And Jason is going to... He's got to fix things with his wife. It's like he already kind of... They already, I thought, ruled this out about her feelings of... Feeling edged out of... It's not Mike... And Ben, that she's so, is her relationship with Carol. Maggie, don't be mad. Carol's just upset. She didn't mean to exclude you. I am not mad. I am just tired of people taking things out of the cabinets and not putting them back where they belong. Well, what are you looking for? I don't know. Well, on the off chance that it's the mango chutney, we finished it in 1982. <laughs> Come on, Maggie. I know what you're feeling. You do not have any idea what I am feeling, Dr. Steve. Hey, look, I... No, you may know what Kevin, Mark, and Melissa are feeling, but you do not know what I am feeling. Maggie, I tried to include you. Oh, don't patronize me, Jason. Throwing me a bone, calling me an old pro. Maybe in a few years you can bring me back for old timers day. <laughs> we talked about all of this. I just happened to be the guy who was here the day the whole gummy bear thing exploded in our faces. It's not just the gummy bears, Jason. It's the whole past three months. Oh. The way you've been pampering the children. What? Making Ben's favorite chocolate chip cookies. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is you're edging me out of my children's lives. Edging you out? Is that what you think? I don't know. You're the expert. Why don't you tell me what I think? Okay. I think you feel guilty about going back to work. Of course I do. And I think you want me to be here to spend time with the kids. Of course I do. And I think you want me to be good at it. Of course I do. But you don't want me to be as good as you are. Of course I do. Oh. Well, maybe I don't. You know, Maggie, uh, I was at work when Ben took his first step. 
Carol spoke her first sentence. And when Mike committed his first illegal act, <laughs> I missed out on all that. And now I have a chance to be closer to the kids, spend more time. And you begrudge that? Oh, Jason, I don't no, really. No, maybe I... you do. I know that feeling, too. Because it's time that goes, and it never comes back. They grow up, and it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Are you sorry you went back to work? You want to come home? <laughs> no, I don't. I guess, I guess I just want to have it all. But you can't. Hmm? How's Carol? Well, she's not going to the dance with Kevin. Oh, no, that's mm. too bad. Yeah. But she uh, does have a chance at another date that she was pretty excited about. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Who is? I don't know exactly, but she said something about an albino hyena. From Detroit. Yeah, well, not originally. <laughs> So as Maggie's slamming doors in the kitchen, drawers in the kitchen, Jason comes in. He's like, honey, I know what you're feeling. Do you want to talk about it? As he kind of puts his arm kind of around, you know, her, her, her chest, you know, shoulder area. Almost not quite in the headlock. You know how men and women do. Um, and... Maggie doesn't really want any real physical contact. She's angry with Jason. This all boils down to Jason's getting more time with the kids than she is. And then she she moves over like he's like I know what you're thinking, I know what you're you're feeling and she's like you don't know. As she moves over to the kitchen table and starts sorting socks and laundry, but she's like throwing them they wind up on the floor as he's kind of standing behind her and we finally get to the root of this as i've said before she feels like she's being edged out of her kids lives that he's the one who's answering the questions and helping carol and at first i thought it was just the thing with carol and jason she's like oh no but you also make ben's favorite chocolate chip cookies and it, like, you're at work, you, in the end, she really just wants to be able to have it all. You know, she's missing out on parts of her kids' lives. But Jason brings up a good thing about, remember when I was out working and you were staying home, how he missed uh, Ben's first steps, Carol's first sentence, and Mike's first illegal act. Those are big moments that you can't get back. You can't turn the clock and relive those moments. Even if someone happens to record them for, you know, you to watch later. It's like, that's not the same thing. You weren't really there to witness it. 
And that's going to be, like I said, that's going to be hard. You don't get those moments back. And now Maggie's kind of feeling the same thing. Like, I'm missing out on my kids' lives. And he's like, well, do you feel bad that you went back to work? And she's like, no. And I guess I just want to have it all. And unfortunately, you can't have it all. It's sometimes got to be one way or the other. You know, you're there for um, important things in your kids' lives, and then when you go out to work, your husband stays home or however, they're going to be the ones that are going to be helping the kids deal with their problems and witnessing, you know, all these things while you're going to be the one missing out. That's the sad thing about having a job. Sometimes you're going to have to work weekends where you miss out on family events and other big things happening. And Maggie's like, well, how's Carol doing? And Jason's like, well, she's a little upset. You know, she's not going to the dance with Kevin. But she is a little excited about this other date. And I thought, oh, she found another guy to go on a date with? No, she he's talking about the date that Maggie had set up for her and Carol to go to the Bronx Zoo to see that albino hyena from Detroit, although not originally from Detroit. <laughs> this is cute. And then, of course, they kiss. Things are better. They've talked it out. They've realized what's, you know, bothering her, and they've moved on from that. Of course, we hear Ben screaming, ah! that dang dog is back. Get Take that dog back to its owner and let them deal with getting a trainer for it or rehoming the dog. So yeah, Ben comes running in as this dog is chasing him, trying to grab at his pant leg. He actually does. And Ben again jumps into Jason's arms, like, trying to pull his legs up. As this dog, it's like, oh boy, this dog. Shut that dog. Get that dog outside. Just go put it outside for now. So, the episode ends with the family watching the wacky sturgeons, or whatever they are. And like I said, it almost sounds like a Three Stooges thing, but it's more of a typical funny sitcom. And that's the episode. This, it was cute. Um, I liked uh, uh, Olivia Diabo's appearance as Wendy, even though it was only for, what, a couple scenes? But it was funny. Um... I'm going to give it an even 3 out of 4. Or 3 out of 5, I'm sorry. Um, The three things I liked about it, I liked Wendy and the dog and that thing. Um, I liked... I liked Ben's impersonation of Billy Idol as he's rocking out to that music video. And I liked... Jason's talk with Carol. I thought that was really nice that he was able to get, you know, help her figure out what's going on. I didn't really, even though I realized, like, Maggie's story, her problems with being edged out of her kids' lives, that actually was plot A. Plot B and C were Carol and Jason, and then plot C, of course, was Mike and the dog, Wendy and Ben. So, um, yeah, like I said, the three things I like were Ben, um, Jason, and Carol and Mike and the dog, and the things I didn't like. I did not, Mike, it just did, went dragged on for too long. It's like, 
you already established how you're feeling and how you're feeling, you know, left out and everything like that. But to take it out on your husband, it's just, come on. You both agreed that it was time for you to go back to work. You got to let him come in and handle things. If you feel left out of your kid's life, take on a weekend for lunch or out to an activity and try to reintegrate, integrate whatever yourself into their lives, I guess, and make sure that they don't feel like you're not in their life or whatever. So, yep. So quick, I guess what I learned from this episode, if you're going to take care of somebody's dog, if it runs off, be honest and let them know that. Don't try to find a similar dog and replace it because that's just going to make you look bad. Yeah. And if you got to go on vacation to get away from your dog, which I guess if you got to, but if your dog is just you don't like your dog or something, or is being aggressive and it normally isn't, then get the training for the dog. Or if you have no other choice, then rehome the dog and let someone else take care of them that is more equipped to handle with dogs that are aggressive. So, next week, the episode I'm going to be talking about is Season 1, Episode 6, entitled Mike's Madonna Story. This episode aired on November 5th, 1985. A Madonna-style teenage seductress wrecks havoc in the Seaver household when she appears at their doorstep in some rather revealing clothing, looking for Mike and plotting to make him her next seduction. And we get another guest star here, Dana Plato, who plays Lisa. She, this is R.I.P. Oh, wow. This will be 20 years in May that she passed away. She passed away at 34, sadly, from a suicide boat by overdose. That's sad. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing that episode I think there are a couple more that I want to touch on. And then I think in March, I can always come back to these down the road. But I kind of want to like, just like I said, I'm just going to do some of season one, some of season two, and then, you know, moving forward. And then I can always jump back and forth down the road once I've covered really the ones that I'd like to cover and stuff like that. So let's say hey to some Growing Pains podcast listeners for the week. Let me jump into this real quick. Here we go. Alright, we got Marysville, Washington, Los Angeles, California, Everett, Washington, New Delhi, India, Dorchester Center, Massachusetts, Eatontown, New Jersey, Warren, Rhode Island, Atlanta, Georgia, Hamilton, New Zealand, Hillsdale, Michigan, Meridian, Idaho, Seattle, Washington, Greensboro, North Carolina, Griffin, Georgia, Dallas, Georgia, Winnipeg, Canada, Alameda, Canada, or wait, no, that's California, I'm sorry, Becker, Minnesota, Fort Smith, Arkansas, Long Valley, New Jersey, Barcelona, Spain, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, Moscow, Russian Federation, Willelmstead, C-U-R-A-C-A-O, McDaniel, Maryland, St. Petersburg, Florida, Jersey City, New Jersey, Paris, France, Pakistan, Belgium, Albany, New York, Cleveland, Ohio, 
Boydton, Virginia, South Lake, Texas, Cedar Grove, New Jersey, Hood River, Oregon, London, United Kingdom, Muscat, Oman, O-M-A-N, Austin, Texas, Buffalo, New York, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Borden, Canada, Montego Bay, Jamaica, Rosebury, Australia, Midland, Michigan, Jackson Heights, New York, Salvador, Brazil, Karachi, Pakistan, Milton, Canada, and H-A-R-A-R-E, Zimbabwe. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.